right in the end, opens the door. Once again for Melbourne, Jordan picks it up nicely, slams it towards goal, and he's kicked his first goal in the AFL. Well done to that man, James Jordan, and they are all over him. Melbourne have got the first five. Hello, and welcome to Attention to Detail, the D's podcast by fans, for the fans, as we hold on to dear life at the roller coaster that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. I'm Tim, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, round one is in the books, and we've come away with a win. The D's, well, let's put it in quotations of getting the job done. A little bit unconvincingly, but we put away a pretty dismal uh, Frio outfit on an unusually warm Saturday afternoon at the G. But it was great to be back in the stands for the first time in, I think, 580 days that the D's played on the home of football in front of the Damien Army, which is fantastic. And joining me today to have a little bit of a chat about the game is somebody that did attend the game with me. Uh, he is the next member of the Langley family and he spent Thursday night giving me play-by-play uh, updates on how OMAC was going <laughs> as soon as he got <laughs> subbed in as the first medical sub ever. But uh, his other Demons qualifications include uh, allegedly patting Alex Neil Bullen's dog, what, two weeks ago? Is that right? <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> two days ago. Oh, there you go. Uh, Chris Langley, how you going? Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for, thanks for having me. <laughs> so what was it, two days ago? Alex I think Neil so, Bullen's yeah. Dog? It yeah. was... Uh, on Sunday no actually no it was yesterday actually just batted it yesterday as well so yeah nice one um not that that's yeah I don't want to make that my calling card but um <laughs> otherwise he'll start locking his dog away and not letting anyone pat it in the front yard what's what sort of dog does he have uh I don't know but I'd say yeah. it's some sort of spoodle cross it looks a bit like a grudel to me but yeah not sure and it's not the first time as, as you alluded to before that you've seen him or patted his dog so there you go no, no, that's it. But I've never, I've never let on that I know who he is. So, oh well, that's yeah, playing. I've kept that one in the bank. Yeah, nice <laughs> one. <laughs> um, how did, how was it being? It was pretty good back being back in the stands on Saturday afternoon, wasn't it? It felt felt a little bit weird. It's been what nearly eighteen months since we've been able to go to a game. What, what was your thoughts? Yeah, no, it was definitely a bit, a bit surreal. Like once you're there, you sort of you kind of forget that was you know more than twelve months since you've been there previously and you know it, it felt good it just felt natural just felt normal um but yeah it sort of realized how much you kind of miss going to the game and you know having a beer from the looking out from the bar um yeah just being there in the atmosphere yeah it was really good really good yes. to be back and and even though you know restrictions all that sort of stuff they still pulled in a pretty uh pretty dismal twenty thousand crowd which <laughs> which seems about right for the melbourne Fremantle game so that was all as as it should have been so that's right. I think, and we've copped a bit of flack for that um, in the media the last couple of days. But <laughs> I mean, you know, in in the MCC members where we were sitting, it didn't really feel like it was, you know, very quiet. It was more so when you sat in your seat and had a bit of a gaze around the ground that there was almost not a soul on level four. And you know, but when we yeah. were in the Frank Gray Smith bar, you're rubbing shoulders with the best of them, and it's and yeah, as you said, kind of feels back to normal almost like we never never left and like the restrictions weren't even in place because it didn't seem like there was much of a much of a policy around there no no not at all yeah general admission seemed very dead i think it was really only the members that rocked up today i'd say they made up most of those numbers so but it was pretty uh it was a pretty melbourne sort of game wasn't it i think we could have yeah. we could have won by five. We could have won by fifty five. Uh, we could we definitely could have lost. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, All options were on the on the table. Um, so luckily, yeah, 
it's a good thing we still walked away with a win but yeah points it wasn't overly convincing but then at the end of the day you'll always take it so that's right but i suppose like all games there's always uh good things that we take away and and bad things that we take away and that pretty much leads us into our very first segment for season 2021 in credit to the boys back into the game so um through credit to the boys um i think it was on uh, all of us to step up and and really lead from the front and I thought we did that all day so we want to play our way just go after the boys all right well the first thing one of the major things that stood out for me for the game was uh, the return of our power forward from 2018 a bit of a return to form bit of a redemption game for him after uh, Tom McDonald was you know very openly shopped in, in the trade period and in the off season and couldn't find himself another home and did a bit of a body of work over over the offseason, trimmed some weight and looks really fit and, you know, really put his best game forward for what we've probably both seen and what all D's fans have seen for in, in a good two to three years. And I just thought he really commanded the ball and grabbed some absolutely, you know, fantastic contested marks earlier on, which really kind of got himself into the game. And we know with T-Mac, uh, you know, in the past, it's important that he gets into the game early, but got a bit of the ball, ended up with 18 disposals, nine marks and kicked two goals too and, and definitely could have kicked a couple more but also uh, had a hell of a dummy handball to set up one of those goals there uh, in, in the goal square, which I think might have been in the third quarter. I know, you know, he was such a big figure for us a couple of years ago, but what did you think of his game? Yeah, well, I think you've pretty much covered all of it. But yeah, it was great to see him sort of come back, um, show a bit of form from what we sort of expected to see from him in, you know, 2019, which never really eventuated um, or, or 2020 for that fact. And yeah, like, you know, at the end of last season, it was pretty much I had already kind of written him off the, you know, someone was else was going to take him. He'd sort of put his hand up saying, you know, wants to go. And I don't feel like a lot of Melbourne supporters were all that um you know, worried if he left. So they were kind of all pretty happy to let him go. I'd say a lot of them are, but I'm sure a lot of them now crawling back, being like, no, nah, I always, always knew he'd come good, always supported him. But even, yeah. you know, I've potted him a few times here and there, and that's fair enough. But no, it was great to see him come back and, you know, always, yeah, good to see him have a good game. Um, You know, looks like all the boys were getting around him when, you know, he was getting the goals. It just, yeah, I was hoping now he sort of found his feet and he's just sort of slotting back into the team because I'm sure it would be hard after sort of, putting your hand up and trying to find a new club and then not finding a new club and sort of mentally coming back from that would also be, I think, quite tough. So, yeah, I think it was awesome to see him have a great game and, yeah, hopefully a great start to the season for him as well. It definitely would be. And I think, you know, unfortunately, in the silver lining of injuries that we've had to our forwards in Weeds and Benny Brown going down earlier on obviously opens up some of those opportunities and, and you hope that potentially still can fill a role in that side once those two guys come back because you, you're you pretty certain that those two are going to come and lock back up their spots up forward, which yeah, yeah. which is what happened, you know, last year and, and T-Mac gets kind of pushed out, forced out. But hopefully he can find, whether it's on a wing or, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether he'd go back up back. Our, our back line's pretty solid at the moment. But hopefully he can find a consistent role this year because, yeah, that's right. It, it's for somebody who's put in a lot of effort in his career at the Melbourne footy club and yeah, got the opportunity to, to have a look somewhere else. Unfortunately that, that opportunity wasn't there. So um, it was yeah great to see him return to form and, and I really do wish that he, 
that he can find a consistent role and and do his part for the Melbourne Football Club and and be part of a hopefully a successful team in 2021. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, um, I mean, from what I saw for the game last week, it, he almost brings more confidence. I'm almost more confident in him kicking a goal than Sam Wiedemann sometimes. So it's sort of uh, it was nice to have that small amount of confidence in a in a forward for once. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think it always helps. I think he was always that player that would play up the ground a bit and, and take take grabs up on the wing or, you know, around, around about the centre bounce at the transition in ball and being that that bloke sometimes that kicked inside 50 because he's a big, big power forward. He, you know, takes yeah. a strong contested mark as he showed us again on the weekend. And I think they, they'd asked him to put on a fair bit of weight the season prior to last year. And, and I think that's, that slowed him down a bit and that's his running is one of his big attributes and, and, you know, one of his many factors that he brings to the club. So once that was kind of impacted and, you know, we've already got blokes that are big and kind of strong up forward, um, you know, giving him that aerobic ability. Yeah, you almost want the speed more than that. That's right. Where he is. Yeah. And we're still, definitely. we're still trying to fill that other wing spot. So I don't know. See how it goes. It seems it reminds me a little bit of uh, Cam Pedersen, you know, a couple of years ago where they kind of just threw him around the ground where we ever we needed him. And there's a bit of a, um, you know, a man of all trades and, and tried to fill stop gaps around the ground. So maybe they can find him somewhere, um, you know, find him a regular spot around there somewhere. What about you? What was something that stood out for you? Is there anything in particular? Yeah, I think one of the main ones uh, that stood out for me was just sort of finally being able to see Cosy Pickett uh, to, uh, with my own eyes on the field because, you know, it's sometimes you don't get a good uh, understanding of a player when you sort of see him on the TV. And it was just awesome to see him sort of in real life. He's just, it just sort of is it's entertaining to watch in mm-hmm. the best sort of ways. He's strong. He's quick. He'll absolutely just uh, just destroy a guy in the tackle, <laughs> push him to the ground as Come well, just to, just yeah. to sort of show him, um, show him who's boss, which is always nice to see. And nice to see a little bit of uh it's nice to see someone who can inflict a bit of fear into the opposition, which is something I think Melbourne lacked f- for quite a while. Oh. Is someone that uh, is someone that you would be afraid to crunch you because you just know you're going to get absolutely mauled. And you know, a lot of the time, I feel like we get, um, yeah, we get a bit of flack for being a bit soft in tackles. And yeah, I think Cosy really brings that sort of strength and yeah, that fear, which you know we haven't really had it all um kent a little bit a few years ago i did have that role a little bit but yeah this is it was great to see him um yeah sort of putting some fear back into some players and yeah really sort of dominating his position probably not since his uh his his uh legend of an uncle in byron pickett have, <laughs> have yeah people yeah maybe feared not. somebody <laughs> running through somebody like that uh you know vanders is always probably somebody out there who's whose role yeah is doing intimidate a little bit and be that kind of big figure but yeah you're spot on with that and i think you can't help but smile a little bit when he goes and and tackles a couple of folks over the boundary line and gives him a bit of a shove just to let him know (laughs) yeah (laughs) let him know where he is and where let him know where they're at because that was yeah as fans you like to say it you know it's yes okay you you don't always love to see it in the game if you're going to do it after every single tackle but and that mark far out you know had he taken that screamer Uh, i mean that was i know that's just just dare locked I, and loaded for mark of the year. Just just take it now. Dare I say it was it farmer esque, like in terms of how high he got. And I, like I just, kind of yeah, ridiculously high. And I'm just kind of sick of the the umpires are so quick to blow the um unrealistic attempt whistle. Like it wasn't an unrealistic attempt, and he was only a little bit early. Like, yeah, he pushed him in the back, but you know, if he takes that mark, you're not you're not playing that, you're not calling that free kick at all. Like 
Yeah, exactly. It's just he was yeah, he's clearly going for the ball. He wouldn't have gotten up that high if he just wanted to push the guy in the back. So it's yeah. just um yeah, oh, that would have been great. Great if he got it. But yeah, <laughs> I mean look, he's he's gonna do it at some point. He's gonna Can't gonna take it. a mark like that. It's only a matter of time. You just you just watch him, you just know every time he grabs the ball, like you're just not sure what's gonna happen. Something something's good's gonna come from it generally. He's just um, yeah, he's a bit of a wild card and it's just really good to see. Yeah, what did you have another one for something that you liked? Well, I think the last, well, not the last thing, the last thing I've got down and I think it's something that stood up a lot of the time last year and something that I suppose was really promising to see uh, continue to be such a strong part of our game is just our, our back six uh, in defence. Um, mm. You know, I think the combination of especially our very back line in Lever, May and Tomlinson now who's starting to play, really starting to find his feet. And I thought he played a ripper of a game as well too on Saturday in defense after they, you know, after he kind of got squeezed out on the wing, that didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. I mean, May and Lever are just, yeah. you know, absolute guns. They've at, at, slotted at the in now. They've, they've played, you know, they're starting to get a lot of um, cohesion between each other and really proving i suppose with Stephen may thinking about what we got in that trade and giving away hogan i mean uh even though you know the other bloke we got from kk we got from gold coast retired Stephen may still a hell of a recruit and jake lever i think played probably one of the best games he's played in melbourne colors i think um yeah and for him it's just been i think trying to get that confidence back and and not not playing one-on-one and just playing his role and, and knowing when to intercept i mean those boys took well, the whole team took 26 intercept marks. And I think half of those were from May and Lever themselves, which they dominated. Yeah. Uh, and you can yeah, kind of tell. Yeah, absolutely killed it. Frio kind of changed their game halfway through to stop bombing it in long because all they were doing was picking off May and Lever in the back line and was just absolutely feasting on everything that was coming inside. And I know Frio were a little bit undermanned and didn't have a strong forward target, but even still, like, you know, like along with those three boys, along with, you know, Hunt, well, Hunt, I'm still a bit unsure about, and I might talk about him a little, little bit later, but Nev Jetta, who is still holding his role at the moment. Yes, he's, you know, Father Time's probably getting to him a little bit, but he still played an excellent game and is very rarely beaten. But when we're set up, teams aren't scoring very easily, if at all, when we're set up. The, you know, the things when teams score is when we turn the ball over. So I think that is such a strong part of our game. It's now hopefully that, that part is solidified. We need to make sure that we're working on kicking on some goals, which we did not a bad job of, but uh, hopefully once we get some players back as well. Now that's it. I mean, that's basically what I had down as well. Like as a, as a result of how strong our backline is, I think something I really noticed this game was how little the ball spent in their forward 50 in Fremantle's forward 50. It was just great to sort of see, you know, it'll get down there eventually, but then, you know, one, you know, would get a contestant mark and then it'll just be straight back out of there. There was not a lot of sort of grobbling around, you know, a few missed attempts at a goal on them and, you know, a few sort of like botched handballs in their 50. It was just great to sort of see that, you know, once the ball was getting there, it was almost getting straight back out there um, right. just because of how awesome our back line is. Bouncing straight out, that's it. And it would, it it'd open up those lanes in the middle. And I think seeing the rule changes as well too, like you can kind of tell how much space and I think backlines are really going to benefit from that. And you're going to see, uh, you're going to see backline players, center half backs, they're going to rack up high disposal counts because they've got so much room to pump the ball. Yeah, the ball. They've yeah. got, they've really got paddocks in the middle there now that the man on the mark can't move. How weird is it seeing somebody like 
stands just, when the umpire yells stand and they just have to literally stand it's so strange yeah and but it was strange seeing that rule because you know watching the carlton game when carlton richmond game which was the you know first game of the season so i guess the yeah. first game that that rule was on it was you know they were obviously enforcing it hard um you know our game as well but then watching say the the geelong game I started to notice that the guy on the mark was able to jump vertically up and down, which I was, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know you could do that. And yeah, so I think, you know, maybe the rule is going to get a little bit flexed and, you know, they're going to find a way around it. But at the moment, yeah, you know, the guy who's taking the kick, he can just basically run straight around him and the, the guy on the mark's too scared to move. So it's like, it's, you know, he can, yeah, as they say, you know, open out the 45s, he can, he can run 45 past him and just keep going <laughs> if he wanted to, if he had enough speed, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's right. sort of really changing, yeah, how they're going to approach those sort of uh, situations. All right, Chris. Well, we've we've covered the things that we did like from the weekend. Now, of course, it is a Melbourne game. There's plenty of things that, that we're not going to like. So, uh, yeah, leading into our next segment in pretty pissed pretty, off. I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. First thing that stood out to me was just the skill errors. I think, you know, easy turnovers in the middle of the ground is something that we have been, that have been detrimental to our success a lot. You know, we work so hard in defense and when we're set up, we're very hard to score against, but when we butcher the ball inside or we, you know, we, we don't hit a target or we miss somebody in the middle and we cough the ball up, it's so easy for the opposition to score on that end. And I think there's a few examples from that on the weekend. And hopefully, you know, Choco Williams coming across and being our development coach, one of his focuses, he said, was very much skill-based and trying to teach some of our players to kick and it's funny, Riggers said the same thing, uh, I think, on the weekend, maybe even having a beer with him. He was sort of saying that, you know, not a lot of our players can actually kick very well. So <clears throat> there was plenty of opportunities where, you know, we're either hand passing to somebody that's stationary, which is almost one of the most infuriating things to watch. Yeah, and <laughs> Clary, congratulations yeah, on your 100 games. Played a ripper of a game, but he was, yeah. he was, certainly, uh, he was certainly responsible for a couple of those uh, just waiting, passing the blokes that waiting to get crunched. I think Harms, you know, there was a couple of couple of build-ups where we did all this hard work and we'd stream it into the Ford 50 and then we just balls it up and, and kick it straight. I think Harms, he had one in the fourth quarter and it, look, it was probably cooked. And now that we found out today, he's, he's playing with a bloody broken wrist. So yeah. maybe maybe should go a little bit harsher on him, but he, he <laughs> kicked it straight to the free air bloke. And, you, you know, you look around and you can just hear the despair of all the Melbourne supporters, just they're like, oh man, like you, the people around us, and it's something we're not unfamiliar to. We're 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 very used to doing that, but and, you know, as you said, we sort of we work so hard for it, but we we do make some silly skill errors and some silly mistakes, and it's something that still needs to be stamped out. And we we do definitely need some better ball users in that team, and I hope hope that it's something they continue to work on. Yeah, and I think you know one of the probably biggest culprits on the day which you know I, I do like him but you know Jaden Hunt didn't have a great game and he definitely had a few silly moments where he you know turned over a ball and in, in the Ford 50 and uh you know got some pretty bad free kicks uh and you know you sort of start to question whether or not he sort of makes our best 22 and you know do you reckon he's gonna make it into St Kilda's game after yeah. his performance last week 
Well, I think Hibbard, uh, I think Hibbard got through. I think he played at Casey or played a practice match um, to get fitness. And I know that they, they're wanting someone with pace off the back line, but I think we've got that potentially in Rivers. Uh, I think, you know, he's, he's got some pace behind him. So I know that they're trying to give him, trying to revitalize him and give him another role. Like I think he did at times, he played some great games up forward last year. Hmm. Uh, forward line, well, at the moment, it's it's a little bit uh, a little bit hit and miss at the moment with injuries, but I'm not sure. I don't know. It's only one game, but if, it would probably be enough that if somebody's fit, if Hibbo's fit, bring him in, and then you're rotating Rivers through that back line so we've got somebody that can run through um, and just has a bit more finesse with the ball because we know with Jaden Hunt, unfortunately, kicking in is, isn't his forte. And um, besides that barrel from a couple of years ago, when we were playing Alice Springs. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, if it's somebody that's coming and be bringing the ball out of the back line, I don't think, and being able to be precise with the ball and hit a target, he wouldn't be the first person that would be choosing probably all second or third, et cetera. No. Um, no. To kick the ball. <laughs> uh, what about what about you? What was something that you thought was, uh, what, what was something you were pretty pissed off about? I guess, yeah. I mean, it's hard to be pissed off as a man who probably couldn't kick a goal from 10 metres himself, <laughs> but... Uh, missing easy opportunities, you know, Petrarca hitting the post, which you know is, is a skill in itself from, I guess, where that goal was. And, you know, you can't really be mad at the guy because he's obviously an absolute jet. But I guess something that I feel like we're missing is just sort of having that that real confidence in one player to kick a goal. Yeah. Like, it's sort of like you just – it's been a long time since I feel that when a player gets the ball in their hands and uh, they're within 30 from a good angle, you're just like – yeah, he's going to nail this. He's obviously going to nail this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe I'm just too reliant on the old uh, Oz kick scoring percentage that used to be on the screen, and I used to rely on that <laughs> a lot for the kicks. Because yeah. then if he missed it and only said 25, percent I'm like, oh, look, fair enough, whatever. It was only 25, percent but yeah, I just, um, you know, it just be would be great to, I guess, obviously when our forward line's back to full strength, and we'll we'll see what our Brown does and what he brings to the team if he can come good, but. I guess that's something, yeah, I still really need to see from Melbourne is just sort of that having that player that you can just sort of have really, you know, good confidence in to, to sort of, after all the hard work we do to get the ball to the forward 50, um, just to sort of, you know, slot that goal and just sort of finish it off. I think that's what we're really lacking at the moment. We definitely, yeah, we definitely peppered a few. And I think to quote the bloke that was sitting about five seats to our right was their league footballers for heaven's sake. You know, <laughs> as you said, like as soon as, as soon as they hit the, I think, yeah, we had a couple of posters and we did, we did spray a few, especially in that last, last quarter as well too, where we really probably could have put them away. Um, but again, yeah, I think <laughs> when you think about the last person that you felt comfortable with taking a set shot, I mean, Tom McDonald in 2018 could not miss. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. But and that's... prior to that, it was probably David Neitz. <laughs> yeah, you got Neitz, maybe Uze. Yeah, um, probably Robertson, Robertson was pretty good. Robbo was pretty good in that sense. But um, Hogan at a point as well. Hogan had a very sort of slim era where it was... Yeah. You know, got the ball to him. You're like, yeah, he's got this. Yeah, you're spot on with that because we could really threaten to put sides away. I don't think I can't remember the last time we really smashed a side by like, you know, fifteen goals yeah. where we threatened to. We could have easily won by ten goals as we said up front. Um, but yeah, our opportunities and lucky for us also on that and being the scrappy game it was. Frio was shit house with their with their goal kicking on the weekend. Like they, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> 
was laughable a little bit. Like, and again, they didn't have a forward. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you know, they they sprayed at least two or three out on the full. So it's a sort of, you know, I know you're lucky. Yeah, again, you're very lucky that they just couldn't hit the side of a barn, which, yeah, I mean, because otherwise, you know, that could have resulted in a completely different game if they had gotten a few early goals and, you know, that could have shot our confidence a bit and then they came back a little bit later in the game and, you know, that could have been, yeah, could have been a completely different game if they had managed to get those goals earlier on. All right, uh, Tim, was there another one that, uh, another thing that you, you didn't really like from last week's game? Yeah, uh, well, one more thing. It's something that kind of began to creep in last year towards, well, last year throughout the season and, and again, kind of reared its ugly head in round one, which you'd think that we have the premier Ruckman in the competition and you think that we also pride ourselves on having an incredibly tough midfield unit that, you know, wins contested ball. Uh, we can win clearances and, yeah, push the ball forward. However, again, lost clearances, one hitouts, but hitouts weren't to advantage. And it seems to be that, I don't know, is there still a little bit of a disconnect between our, you know, our Ruckman and our midfielders? I know we're missing Gus and we're missing missing Jack uh, as well too, but there were so many times that Max would tap and it would just, it was tapping to the advantage of Frio. And that happened towards the end of last year. And I don't know whether it's, they calling set plays or they're just not communicating, but there was too many times where we seem to yeah not get the advantage of having the best ruckman in the competition hmm. against somebody who was playing their first game. Yeah. But then you had Frio's midfielders just mopping up everything and our blokes weren't in the right spot. I don't know what it was, but when those occasional times that we did fire, I mean, Jesus looks good. Gorn down to Petrarca to Harms, who's pumping it inside 50 to find somebody else. Is just yeah, it, it was fantastic, but it just didn't happen often enough for the for the yeah. rate of, of midfielders that we have, uh, and the and the ruckman we have. I don't think that we're capitalising on how good we are with that. What do you think? Yeah, well, no, that's it. I mean, you know, when it works, it works, and it works brilliantly. But often, yeah, often I don't know if it's just is the other team just like really able to read Max's taps and they're just able to get there quicker. Is Max kind of just sort of you know, tapping it anywhere, like anywhere he wants. So it's sort of just, a, you know, a bit of a free-for-all and he's just sort of hoping that the mids will be in the right spot, the right time. Um, yeah, and as you said, you know, we, you know, we obviously are missing a few, you know, key players in that area who are, you know, who are able to sort of crash that pack at the start and maybe get that, get that ball and, you know, get it out of there. But, you know, yeah, up until towards the end of the game, I think he maybe had a few where he just kind of punched it out, you know, 20 or 30 metres out of the thing. Maybe and, to yeah, maybe someone had a word to him being like, you know, stop just tapping it. You know, it's not yeah. getting us anywhere just to punch it. But yeah. um, yeah, no, you're right. It is it is a bit disappointing because you know, as I said, Max is yeah, arguably or is the best ruckman in the comp, and you just you know you want to capitalize on his height and his skills, and often yeah, he's just wasn't quite yeah, he didn't really quite show up as much that game as well, which no, nah. you know, it, it might have had something to do with the fact that you know. Uh, that May was sort of taking all those intercept marks that maybe normally Maxi would have, and then Max was kind of sort of just stuck, sort of in a little bit in no man's land. Um, didn't need but, to, yeah. Didn't need to float back too much, you know. As no, we didn't. We'd required him to do um, in previous years, but I know, like they talked about before, you know, earlier and before the season started about how they'd try and push him forward a bit more, and I think he did once or twice, but it didn't didn't get anywhere near the ball up there. Well, no, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Well, that that's it. I and mean, it seems like now that his sort of role for taking those marks down back is 
it's kind of been filled now a little bit. We got mm. Lever and he got May and even Tomlinson's taking a few of those. And it's just sort of, yeah, maybe he does need to start coming for like coming forward. And maybe that's where he's more valuable after, after the hit out. All right. Well, our next segment is our player encouragement award. So the Macca's award that uh, you'd normally get at the end of underrates basketball after the coach felt sorry for you, probably, you know, after sitting on the bench for a little bit, but, in this sense, it is to the player that we think that did a ripper of a job on the weekend. It doesn't always get the recognition that they deserve. But in this instance, there's been a bit of media and a bit of fan hype about this man because he did make his debut on the weekend. This bloke nearly lost his finger last year in a gym accident. He got his finger stuck underneath a weight uh, during a team weight session and almost had it amputated, which is absolutely insane to think about that probably in that sense, he's... His career, footy career, would have been over, unfortunately, we like to think. But James Jordan played a heck of a game for his first game of football. Uh, First-round draft pick from a couple of uh, 2018, I think, I believe, or 17. But what a debut he had. He, you know, 15 disposals, 10 kicks, five handballs, five tackles, a couple of goal assists, and kicked an absolute ripper of a goal as well, too. Probably should have kicked two. But, man, what a way to break into the side. And and you can kind of tell why he was on the cusp uh, of selection, you know, all of last year before that incident. But, yeah, what what a way to what a way to crush the party and, and force your way into the side, Chris. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, to be honest, I'd actually never heard of him and had no idea he was even debuting. Um, but, yeah, no, it was awesome awesome to see him out there. Uh, the goal, yeah, that goal was awesome. It was awesome to see all the boys get around him for that. Um, it was such a great goal as well. Um Pirouette. Yeah, I know. Pirouette. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Threw it on the boat. Yeah. No, I know. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, like another one to mention quickly would also be just might be contender for this award as well. It might have even been a close tie was that Spargo just had an absolute ripper oh. game. Um, and yeah, just it was great to see him get back out there. Uh, he's just, just killing it in those inside 50, um, you know, inside 50 passes and kicks and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just awesome to see him see him out there and just really contributing and sort of, yeah, being a, being a key player and just. He just knew where to put the ball. I think on, on the weekend, you spot on there and, and somebody that's, you know, he certainly copped his fair, fair share of shit from Demons fans over the last couple of years. And he had a really important role in our finals, you know, our, our finals birth in 2018 and then kind of dropped off a bit, but man, as you said, just some of his kicking and, and his precise pinpoint passes to our key forwards. I think he hit up Bailey Fritch a couple of times, uh, you know, from the boundary line and, and being able to just perfectly weighted kicks. He might be, he's not the savior, but he might, he's one of those people we could rely on to, to deliver the right kick from that 75 80, which, you know, had been Jake Melsham at a time, but he's also, he's getting on as well too. And we can't always rely on him. So he played, an absolute ripper of a game. And, and there's always somebody that, that you can tell puts everything on the line. I think his tackling pressure, we talked about Cosy before, but him, that whole forward half pressure with our tackling, um, Jordan as well too. I mean, with five tackles himself, just Spargo was leading the charge of that and managed to get a nice little goal in the goal square as well too. I think just to cap off, um, which, yeah, was, yeah. which was, I think definitely had to be his best game in the red and blue, I think in, in fans' eyes. So yeah, good, good pick up there. All right, so our next segment, which is arguably one of our most important segments because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fans, and this is the segment where we get to listen to our fans say in Fugazi. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. We do, we 
your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the Wall <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, I agree with him. I think he played a really good game on the weekend, had a couple of great uh, great kicks inside 50 as well too. And somebody that they've showed a lot of faith and persistence with, you know, he's, he's notched up a fair few games, um, you know, and he's obviously walked past your joint with his dog a fair few times. So he's, he's trying, to, <laughs> trying to do something right. But I think, yeah, no... Best twenty-two, yeah. Look, he was—he's been a fringe player for a long time, I think. Um, but I f- they're going to keep giving him games, and I think his his game on the weekend did him no harm in probably earning him another spot next week. I don't know any thoughts there. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I agree with with you. I mean, you know, before he was an unbeknownst neighbour of mine, um, I always always liked him, um, and yeah, no, nah, I'm glad to see he's still out there. I was a little bit worried that you know last season he might have might have been looking you know might have had eyes to look somewhere else and you know never like losing players especially ones who have been around for a long time and you just get to know them and yeah so now I'm, I'm glad he's having you know he's showing a bit of bit of form and you know i know he's no we all know he's a good player and he can, can be an absolute ball when he's on so yeah now it's just good to see him um performing yeah that's it all right well chris that's uh that's pretty much it for the week and and now looking ahead, round two, we, we do match up against St Kilda on Saturday night at, what, is it still called Colonial Stadium? Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, arguably probably one of the hardest uh, home ground advantages, I think, that probably exist in the league. I know you've got West Coast and, and stuff at, and, you know, at Optus, but St Kilda under the dome, and I mean, they play a lot of games there and are pretty used to their ground. So, I don't know. How do you think we'll go? Yeah. Um, yeah, as you said, it is a bit worrying. I just often feel whenever we face St Kilda there, it's generally we you would always come into that game being as one of those ones that, you know, we should win this one. And often that's usually a danger sign that we might just absolutely flub it and just mm. either lose horribly or, or lose it at the last second. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think, you know, St Kilda are a good side, oh, yeah, and especially with that home ground advantage. It's yeah, as you said, I think it's going to be a true test to see where we're at because we played a pretty scrappy side um, on the weekend, and I don't know we seem to have a habit of making Tim Membry look like Wayne Carey, um, you know, had been. But Saints and Dees were on the same trajectory uh, for you know a few years back there, but they seem to have eclipsed us a little bit. If you take away 2018 for us, uh, they've certainly become a bit of a destination club and, and attracted some pretty pretty good free agents and trade. Um, done pretty well during the train period so yeah big test for us uh look hopefully we get over the line but it's going to be yeah it's going to be pretty nerve-wracking for sure so uh yeah let's see how we go yeah that's it all right chris well that pretty much does it for for round one uh thanks so much for joining us welcome to the podcast no and, uh, no yeah it was first first time and, and no, i really appreciate all your input and thanks for putting up with up with me but it's good to be able to share a drink and and have a bit of a chat about the weekend because it was great to be back at the footy and and good to reminisce about about a day's win and as I said a day's win in round one has been rare in recent times so it was mm. nice to be able to sort of look back and even watching it a second time um you know as frustrating it was sometimes it was pretty pretty enjoyable so it was good to good to have a chat about it so uh, thanks to all the listeners out there. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Uh, feel free to leave a review or give us some feedback on Twitter at Attention to Detail, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Email is attention to detail pod at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening. All right. Cheers, Chris. Thanks. No worries. Cheers, Tim. All right. Catch you later. Thanks, everyone. Go, Jays.